Hello and welcome to this week's Innovation Forum Monday Briefing, our regular guide to what's happening in the world of sustainable business. I'm Ian Welsh. Over the past couple of years, Innovation Forum has begun working with a number of companies to help develop their stakeholder engagement and communications outreach more generally. To hear about some corporate stakeholder engagement trends, I caught up last week with Innovation Forum's Tanya Richard. That's coming up. First, though, joining me to talk about some of what's coming up this week is Innovation Forum's B. Stevenson. Welcome to the Bundy Briefing, B. Hi, Ian. What have we got coming up this week? This week is actually World Water Week, which is both online and also happening in Stockholm, Sweden. The theme this year is Seeds of Change, Innovative Solutions for a Water-Wise World. It's on the basis that human activities have triggered a global water crisis, where we have actually for the first time crossed the safe planetary boundary for water. And this is only one of multiple interlinked crises. Obviously, in addition, the World Water Week will be taking into account climate change, biodiversity loss and poverty, which are all obviously interlinked. Water is obviously at the core of all of these threats, which also makes it one of the most powerful tools to find solutions. I read a bit more into the thematic scope of this. And World Water Week was talking about how most of our current systems are based on the assumption that there will always be a reliable supply of water, but that will no longer be the case. Instead, we have to prepare for a more unpredictable world with more frequent and severe droughts, floods, other weather extremes. But societies can limit many of these impacts by working with nature to strengthen the water cycle and increase the resilience of people and ecosystems. The point is that for this, we need new incentives and innovations, building on the latest scientific knowledge best practices from around the world. World Water Week is really the natural arena for this type of global learning and collaboration across sectors. What sort of outcomes should we be looking for then and how are we going to see and develop these new incentives and innovations? World Water Week, people meet across sectors to explore how water can help them achieve their goals. Much of the work and the topics that we talked about will be used immediately by participants and convening organisations in their activities, but it will also lay the foundation for future collaboration and initiatives. It's linked to the UN 2023 Water Conference in that World Water Week will help stakeholders to deliver on the commitments made at that conference, which happened earlier this year in New York that we talked about. And that was the first such event since 1977. A good touch point at this point to talk about how companies and organisations can enact the commitments that they've already made. How are we seeing the conversations around water linking with the big conversations we're seeing around climate? It's a really current and pressing issue. I read today about some new research from the World Resource Institute called the Aqueduct Water Risk Atlas, and it shows that 25 countries housing one quarter of the global population face extremely high water stress each year, regularly using up almost their entire available water supply. And at least 50% of the world's population live under highly water stress conditions for at least one month of the year, and that's using up 40% of the water supply. And really without intervention, such as investment in water infrastructure and better water governance, Water stress will continue to get worse, particularly in places with rapidly growing populations and economies. And by 2050, an additional 1 billion people are expected to live with extremely high water stress, even if the world limits global temperature rise to 1.3 degrees Celsius by 2100, which is quite an optimistic scenario. And this all really speaks to the need to update our infrastructure and systems, which is what will be discussed at Water Week. Okay, look out for all of that at Water Week. This is the last Monday briefing for August. Anything coming up over the rest of the month? We know that this month legislation will be coming before Brazilian Congress for a new carbon market with an emissions cap. Brazil's government is looking to create a regulated carbon market with emissions caps for major companies. 
as well as for protections for indigenous communities involved in carbon offset activities, so farming and forest protection. The proposal has been outlined by an official who is coordinating actions in the Finance Ministry's Ecological Transformation Plan. This will be one of the most ambitious elements of the new presidency's environmental agenda. So the legislation coming before Congress this month in Brazil would structure the new carbon market around a cap on companies emitting more than 25,000 tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent annually. The cap would hit oil and gas firms, particularly, along with meatpackers and steel, cement and aluminium producers, the official said, adding that effective firms make up just 0.1% of Brazilian companies, but produce nearly half of emissions. So very important to implement that cap. This is part of President Lula da Silva's sweeping growth acceleration or green transition plan. So how does this fit into Brazil's wider climate plans then? This is part of wider green transition plan. Lula's government says that the plan will follow a path marked by stronger partnerships between the public and private sectors, with more than 1.3 trillion reais estimated to be dispersed by 2026. 371 billion, or 22% of the total, set to be invested by the federal government, while state-owned firms such as oil giant Petrobras would inject 343 billion and the private sector 612 billion. More generally, Lula has really staked his international reputation on reversing environmental backsliding under his predecessor, Bolsonaro, when Amazon deforestation soared. We've been seeing a lot on commitments against deforestation too in the last few weeks. But simultaneously, he's also under pressure to deliver much needed growth to poor and underdeveloped regions. So it will really be a balancing act. And as uh, our listeners will not know, 1.3 trillion reais is in fact 260 billion US dollars. Thanks very much, B. Thanks, Ian. At the end of last week, I caught up with Innovation Forum's Head of Stakeholder Engagement, Tanya Richard, to hear about what trends she's identified in how companies are reaching out to stakeholders and the types of communication that can work. Welcome back to the Monday Briefing, Tanya. Thank you, Ian. Tanya, you head up stakeholder engagement for Innovation Forum. How are you seeing companies adapting their stakeholder engagement? I was thinking back at the recent projects that we've done and trying to figure out some of the similarities. What I can say is that the projects have primarily focused on really looking at how to reshape the dialogue between companies and the wider sustainability industry. For one, we have, as I have, we have this great network of engaged people, those listening right now, for example, that have really interesting and insightful questions to ask. I personally really like seeing the questions that come through from this network in the form of webinars and other virtual events. And then these partner companies can really use these questions to see how they can approach future dialogue with key stakeholders in the sense of being authentic, honest, open to criticism and feedback, which they get from a really great group of people, acknowledging that you don't really have all the answers alone. And then for two, there's also a real appetite to shift from this one-way communication to co-creation, or maybe not shift, but complement it maybe even more. Having the opportunity to directly engage with important stakeholders, ask them for their honest feedback on your strategy and get those concerns or, or validation from them. The workshops, for example, that we conduct have given companies the ability to really foster new and old relationships, but also the ability to co-create solutions, co-create strategies with them, acknowledging that their companies don't have all of the answers within them internally. They need that external feedback, that external expertise as well. And companies are really realizing that engagement isn't just about broadcasting messages. It's about fostering that genuine collaboration and relationship. Even underneath that is what this really means is 
involving stakeholders from diverse backgrounds to make it that really open and honest two-way communication, involving them in the decision-making process right from the start. Farmers, for example, are really huge here, and it's been really great having farmers from all types of commodities and sourcing regions join the webinar panels and be part and have a place at the table at workshops and other stakeholder engagement exercise that we've been doing. And companies are really appreciating that and acknowledging the importance of that. So those were sort of two that I was able to pin out. How do you think then this, those specific adaptations, how are they reflected in the projects that you have been involved with? It depends on each project and each partner organization. The beauty and the complication of being in stakeholder engagement is that each project will look so different and we're able to hit on different objectives in different ways. So whether it's a webinar series or launching a strategy or a half-day conference on an important topic to a partner, that will sort of be reflected in different ways. The underlying part of that authenticity is really what works best here. Companies that embrace transparency, even when they're discussing their failures or, or their challenges, they really are able to establish this foundation of trust. When companies show their commitment to listening, learning, evolving with the industry, stakeholders respond really positively and are willing to give their helpful feedback, whether it's constructive, it's not criticism. It's really constructive feedback that we see come through in these exercises. We've seen that the companies that are willing to be honest and admit that they don't have all the answers are also the ones that really benefit the most from these interactions with stakeholders, which has really been a rewarding process to just witness even. I've certainly been enjoying getting involved in some of the stakeholder work that we're doing at Innovation Forum. So what should I be looking forward to? What's coming up? Yeah, there's a few parts. So we had our first webinar on with Bayer Crop Science as part of their Focus on Farmers series. So that took place last month. And it was really an interesting discussion focused on European farmers and the transition, taking them on the transition to Regen Ag. Now as part of that series, we have the next one coming up. We're refining the topic. We have an idea, but stay tuned, basically. But that should be coming up in the, in the next few months. And then we're also, we'll also be hosting an interesting dialogue on what certification might look like for emerging commodities and looking at what's important to consider here. And then also looking further into Red Plus and what projects look like on the ground and just a further deep dive with really key voices from the ground reflecting on their experience with Red Plus and so forth. All of these focus on various commodities. They're all linking from grains and just no, traditional farming to uh, cotton and disco. So really a, a range of commodities and industries that we get to work on and that we'll be hosting conversations on. Great. We're looking forward to it. Tanya, thanks very much. Thank you, Ian. More details about what Tanya and the Innovation Forum stakeholder team can offer are available via the website. The Monday Briefing is having a week off next week, but we'll be back in early September. And look out for the weekly podcast, as usual, on Thursday. Until then, goodbye.